Welcome listeners to the Thundercast. We are here today. I'm your host, Connor Sanders, alongside assistant basketball coach, uh, John Wardenborg. Thank you so much for joining me today, Coach. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the opportunity to talk uh, Southern Utah basketball and and uh, Southern Utah in general, I guess. Yeah, so. absolutely. I think it's going to be a theme of this uh, winter is going to be talking about Southern Utah basketball. I think there's a, a real excitement on campus for this men's basketball team uh, coming off such a successful campaign last season and then bringing in a lot of the newcomers uh, that make this season feel exciting. How, how do you feel just looking at the team in practice and things as they're developing? Well, we're, we're really excited about this uh, group of young men. Uh, they have uh, bought into great team chemistry. They really like each other. They support each other. Uh, their effort in practice has been, uh, at times, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, they really, really care for each other, and I think when you have that on any team, no matter if it's athletics or spo- you know business, whatever, if the people that part of the team really care and share a common goal together, you can get a lot accomplished. And and this group of guys is really, really, really has high standards for themselves, and uh, they want to get a lot of things done. So we'll see. It's uh, early, but like where we're at. Yeah, always important to manage expectations and uh, continue to motivate the team, but. Uh, so much experience on this team and so many talented returners as well. What does it mean to have just so many upperclassmen, so many players that have been around the block before? Well, for us, we, you know, when we took over this program three years ago, obviously there's been very little, if any, history of real success. Uh, uh, A great NCAA run back in 2001, very few... Uh, winning records. In fact, I, if I know right, our 17 wins last year was the tied for second most in the history of the NCAA Division One program here. And so, you you know, when you come in, you have to define expectations, and then you have to go find kids that actually believe in you. I mean, it takes yeah. a lot to to listen to a coach say, "Hey, we're changing this thing." You're one of our guys. We want you to come in and help us change. And, you know, it, t- it takes a lot of trust in a coach. It takes a lot of hard work. Coach Simon has done a fantastic job. And and we've received phenomenal support from our administration, from our boosters, from our, you know, from the city, yeah. everyone. And it, uh, it's, it, it, it feels good, actually, to see, the, you know, the progress and, you know, but we're not satisfied with last year. This group is really hungry. So, yeah, you mentioned the support. I think it was really evident just in um, the postseason last year, playing yeah. in the college insider tournament. Uh, the fans really came out. The, there was a lot of noise, a lot of excitement around yeah. the city. It's something that we'd like. You know, hopefully we're going to build on that, and hopefully that uh, we can we can get even more people involved. Yeah. When it when and I've been in this arena when it's packed, and uh, you know because of the flat roof and its design, it yeah. can really really get loud. And um, you know that 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 home cooking that home court deal is really invaluable to us. And as as we strive to accomplish our goals this year, not only this year but in the future, we want to make 
you know, a Southern Utah men's basketball game, uh, an event, a yeah. place that, uh, that everybody wants to be students, um, city, surrounding area. Hey, we got to, you know, hopefully we're getting where people are marking their calendars right now. Like, Hey, I got to block this off. Yeah, absolutely. My church can't have that church meeting on this night. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? To get people to come. Yeah, exactly. You think of like high school football in Texas where Friday night, the whole city yeah. oh, pauses, yeah. right? I think that there's that kind of potential here too. Yeah, no, no. It's, it, I've been involved in programs that are like that. And I've been involved in uh, both at the high school level and the college level where, um, you know, and there's a there's a big mix, Connor, to where what has to happen. A, you have to put a great product on the floor. Yeah. And we have to have good opponents. And, you know, we have to, there has to be a value for our fans to come and watch. And if, if we're not playing well, if we're, you know, if our team isn't very good or whatever, then you know, uh, I can understand people not coming, but we uh, we uh, believe in this team. We feel like we have a great product, and hopefully, we that will trans, you know, that will transfer over to having great crowds here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something you mentioned is playing against tough opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, the preseason, a lot of tough opponents for Southern Utah to face, including the Maui Invitational. You got BYU, UCLA, as well as traveling to Nebraska. Um, and hosting Utah Valley as well. So what do those preseason tests really uh, prove to your team and show? Well, the obvious, you know, any athletic team, your preseason, you, you try to schedule teams that will prepare you in every way for January, February, and March. When now, That's when, yeah. for us in our league, we have to be our best because we are a, ultimately our goal is to make the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And that's the that's what everybody is striving for. So to do that, obviously a, 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 a you know a, a smaller goal but connected with that is to win a league because we yeah. know that there's no one ever in the history of the Big Sky that's gotten a uh, at large berth to yeah. the NCAA tournament. The Absolutely. only way we're going to get to the NCAA tournament is by playing great for three days in March. Yeah. And the way you play great for three days in March is, A, get the best seed, so the number one seed, so win the league in yeah. the regular season, be healthy, and then play the way you're capable of for three days. And we we feel like we have the depth, we feel like we have the physical skills to help us do that. Now we have to trans, you know, we have to show that. We have to, uh, the time actually in about two weeks for talking is over. And now, you know, we're getting close to that point where you have to show it. Yeah, I think um, SU performed really well at the last two Big Sky tournaments. Right. Um, but changing the seating would make that path to the championship so much easier. Well, yeah, you look at our, our, you know, both, since we've been here, we've been forced to play the, in the bracket with the max amount of games. Yep. And the way the tournament has been changed now, we need to be able to, you know, get the highest seed possible. And we want to do something that's never been done before, and that's to win the Big Sky Tournament or Big Sky League. Yeah. So obviously a, a number one seed. And that will, you know, we can talk a lot about depth and all that, but 
the fact remains that playing three straight days or four straight days is hard and it's taxing it's it's a it's it's difficult to do and so obviously our goal is to win the league regular season and then win the tournament yeah absolutely and you talk about that long uh it's very fatiguing to have to play in those few days in a row but now this team really does have a lot of depth um, not only in upperclassmen but you know underclassmen contributors like Harrison Butler and Mason Fawcett um, can you tell me about just what it means to have so many uh, guys you can turn to especially in crunch time guys you really need to trust and I feel like this team has a lot of options yeah no dude it's a great observation we we do have a lot of options and and you know the key will be there's two parts to that a it's great to have options so you can put a lot of different, uh, uh, you know, sk- skilled players on the floor, and that makes it harder for the team that you're playing to adjust and yeah. to concentrate on. The second part of it is, and, and this is probably be the most important thing with this team, the guys that don't get on the floor, we need to keep them active because the next game it could be them. Exactly. And, and – uh, you know, you, you look at, oh, those five were on the floor for this game. Well, the next game, it might be four different, five different guys for that game because exactly. of foul trouble, sickness, uh, injury. Yeah. Um, and so it's important uh, for us to get all 14 guys on the boat, all rowing in the same direction, yeah. and then continued rowing as we move on down the path. So. Yeah, that image of rowing the same direction is really powerful because um, uh, Bill Simmons talks a lot about how you need your core guys, right? You need your rotation, every single player you can trust and put in in big moments. And this team, I feel like, can go 10, 11, even all the way down to 14 deep. Um, How do you manage everybody's kind of not only egos, expectations, and, and try and keep everybody happy and rowing in that same direction? Well, it, that's that's part of coaching, part of leadership. Um, I think I touched on this a, a few minutes ago, but two things are important. You have to have a common goal. Yeah. And you have to, among other things, you have to have a common goal and a goal that everybody is mutually dedicated to achieving, even sometimes at the cost of maybe some personal glory or personal stats but the knowledge that all 14 guys can accomplish way more than one individual guy can and that's one of the things that excites me about this team we're not there yet we're not there yet but that's one thing that does excite me about this team yeah absolutely so you mentioned that you feel like not quite there yet what do you think are some of the obstacles that still stand in the way of achieving those goals of reaching the NCAA tournament and beyond? Well, building a team, uh, any team, again, I think so much in sports applies to business or anything, is that it's an ongoing process. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the biggest factors is you need to make young men make. You can't make. You need to help young men become accountable for their actions and mutually accountable like to each other and to the goals that we have and what I mean by that is that uh, and as you do that then 
you know, your success increases and increases because everybody becomes more and more focused on, on, uh, on their, you know, on that long-term common goal that we have. So to answer your question, uh, you know, how do you change that? You, you constantly remind everyone about our goals. Yeah. I think uh, individually, one-on-one, you show film, you talk to players who maybe are struggling with this or that. In practice, we constantly harp on, uh, for example, on defense, helping the helper. What And what that means is that maybe one player gets beat Another player comes to help him defend a player, yeah. and then the third guy comes to help the guy uh, that is helping. So we call that help to helper. On offense, that means giving up a uh, a good shot for a better shot, and even maybe even the best shot. Yeah, yeah and and so and pointing those out because sometimes kids don't know that it's a it's a it's a tough concept that you just continually learn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just thinking about where this program has gone, even from the time that uh, you and Coach Simon first arrived here, and now the evolution that we've experienced at SCU. Um, I think Coach Simon has been a huge contributor to changing the face of this program and really turning things around. Uh, one specific memory I have from him, just a few weeks ago in practice, your team was practicing, pressing, trying to figure out the team's rotations and things, and one of the guards kept trying to split the double team. Mm-hmm. Just kept trying to do it, kept trying to do it. It wasn't working. Um, Coach Simon, the whole practice has remained even keeled, but in that moment he really brought the energy level right. up, brought the um, intensity of the practice up. Um, but it felt like he had spent so much time earlier on in practice developing trust, developing confidence in the players. Um, what have you seen in Coach Simon as far as leadership and uh, in really changing the chemistry and perspective of this program? Well, I, I think that Coach uh – has an uh, an ability that all great coaches have to relate with guys on a much more than a basketball level. Yeah. And uh I you know I remember specifically the play you're talking about in that deal and uh, he was you know he was even killed with him until that time when enough was enough and that young man has actually done a better job of of uh not doing that. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, but the thing to remember is that all of these young men that we've brought here uh, were very successful athletes in their own right at each school that they were at. Yeah, and uh, some, because of the nature of high school, probably never were coached hard. Like, yeah. don't worry about defending. You, we need you to score thirty points tonight. So don't get stupid fouls defending. Well, that's not how we approach this thing we you know and so for it's a it's a transition thing and so you know on a sidelight to that is the fact the 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 numbers the efforts that for example Mason Fawcett and Harrison Butler gave us last year as true freshmen is unbelievable what those guys gave us so to go back coach has a great ability to relate and to uh, to these young men on a on a personal level, and second of all, he has a great basketball mind, and uh, is always thinking a step or two ahead of what he's, you know, where where we are and what we need to do. So, those are two big strengths that I think Coach has. Yeah, absolutely. I think another strength is 
bringing in these players that you mentioned that have played at other schools. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me about some of the newcomers that SU fans should feel excited to see make their debuts? Yeah, I, I, I would tell you that uh, we've yet to see, uh, I don't think this is going to answer directly this first one, what you were going to, but we've yet to see Dwayne Morgan play at 100%. Yeah. And uh, I think fans will really like his game, his high-level uh, defensive efforts and uh, his skill level. Uh, so he's going to be one that I hope our fans get to see, you know, at full strength. So, but to go on to what you're saying, one of the hallmarks of this team is we have, I think we have seven now Division One transfers. So guys that um, that are new this year, uh, J- Jacoby, uh, uh, Jacoby Long. Yeah, Long. My my fault. Jacoby Long is a young man from Iowa State who. Um, just is really solid with the basketball uh does a fantastic job of uh getting the ball to the right guys uh can really score um off the off the dribble does a good job really like you know what he brings to our team in terms of uh toughness and and uh mental strength uh, David Enjai is a was sitting out last year. He's a six eleven kid from Illinois State, and uh, he's a he's just brings us a defensive presence around the rim that we haven't had yet. Yeah, um, great young man, infectious smile, um, and I think I think he'll fast become a crowd favorite with how he plays and what he brings to the table. Um, Another new kid who's not a transfer, but you know, our kid from uh, uh, Australia, Jared Hoppo, is a guy that we're counting on. Is a guy to uh, really shoots it. This summer in our practices, he shot in scrimmages. He shot over seventy percent from three. Wow! And uh, he's got a lot to learn. Skinny dude. Uh, I I think he weighs less than I do when I was born. <laughs> But uh, we need to get him thicker and stronger. But his playing time, I think uh, people will like what they see. And then another young man that's new to our program, uh, Damani McIntyre, uh, great kid, a ball hawk on defense, another kid with a great infectious smile, defensively as good a on-ball defender as we've had here in four years, and a guy that you know we're counting on to give us a spark off the bench. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important to have those players that can step into their role and execute well. Right. Especially talking about three-point shooting and defense. Yeah. Those are things that uh, role players can have a huge impact in. Yeah, and I, I, you know, it's a term we use in athletics. They're a role player or whatever, but we're all, when you think about the NBA, and I, I'm not sure of this stat, but I think when you start looking up uh, stats on amount of touches that NBA players, there's only about Five ten percent of the guys in the NBA touch the ball more than about ten percent of the game. Yeah, and they're paying they're paying a lot of money to a lot of guys <laughs> to be role players or whatever. Yeah. You know, so um, you know our job is to you know make sure everybody has clear assignments. Everybody understands their role. Everybody assan- understands their assignments and carries those assignments out to the best of their ability. And, you know, that's that's our job as coaches. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you speak to just a little bit 
uh are you still doing good on time or do you yeah no no i'm fine okay um maybe just a little bit about how you met coach simon and how you guys have developed a relationship over the years well it's kind of interesting um uh, uh i i had been in coaching i've i've been in coaching my entire life and uh uh, I've been very fortunate that way to, you know, to do what I love and to really be involved in a in something that I think, you know, is really beneficial and help young men and young women achieve more than what they think they should and can do. Yeah. So that part's been really great. So I just happened to be uh, uh, coaching in uh, Utah actually was actually uh, helping Mason Fawcett's high school team yeah and uh, there was a coaching change made here at Southern Utah and coach Simon was hired and we have a mutual friend named Lon Kruger who was the head coach at Oklahoma is the head coach at Oklahoma and uh, coach Simon worked for Lon Kruger at UNLV and Uh I've known Coach Kruger for some time, both my stay at BYU and he was at UNLV. And then as a junior college coach in Iowa, Coach Kruger recruited several of our players. And so through him, uh, Coach and I, Simon and I got in touch and we've just kind of developed a relationship through, through the years, through these three or four years. Quite truthfully, um, I'm really blessed because of that because that that type of finding a job especially in basketball coaching is pretty rare yeah and and when you consider um that what are there 351 divi- somewhere around there 300 let's just use 355 division one basketball schools in the nation and assuming that each school which they don't but assuming each school has um a full amount of assistant coaches there's only like 1065 division one assistant jobs in the world in the ncaa yeah and and so it's to be able to get hired to be able to um help coaches is a real blessing to me and my family but also um uh, you know, it's been, it's really enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have to ask you about your time at BYU. Sure. Um, my dad raised me as a true cougar through and through. Awesome. So mid to late 2000s is really a time I remember. Um, so just looking at the rosters is like a, <laughs> a wash of nostalgia over me, all these fun guys that were around. Can you tell me about your experience coaching at BYU, coaching uh, alongside that staff? Well, great experience. Uh, great place. Um, really excited to go back there this year and and coach against them this year. That particular run in that era that you're talking about uh, was a, a great time. We had we won three straight Mountain West titles. Yeah, uh, had some great players. You know, I um, you know I I was in the home Jimmer Fredette's home, for example. I re- recruited Jimmer. I, I found Jimmer, recruited him, and this fall of his senior year when he committed, I was in the home with Coach Rose, and down in their basement, I can describe the whole thing to you, they had this kind of smaller basement with a very small ceiling, and 
I about broke my neck jumping up in the air when he committed <laughs> to us. Um, you know, great guys, the Collinsworth brothers, Jackson Emery, nobody really knew about Brandon yeah. Davies, you know, recruiting him and seeing where he's gone now. The the whole group, that whole, um, you know, Lee Kamard was a guy that we recruited hard that was being recruited by um, UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona State, yeah. and to be able to get Lee and buy in. Anyway, long story short, honestly, the the stuff I'm seeing here kind of you know runs parallel to there. We we've gotten guys that maybe we shouldn't get to come. Yeah, and they're buying in, and you know now we've got to make that breakthrough like we did it it you know uh, when I was with Coach Cleveland for a couple of years and we were good and then we had one bad year and. Dave was hired, and all of a sudden we broke through and, like I said, won three straight regular season Mountain West championships yeah. as a group. And all that, it just, it just takes a little bit. It's kind of like the old example of a, it takes one degree to make water boil. You get that water <laughs> hot, and you just got to gotta find that extra degree somewhere, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, can you tell me about recruiting Jimmer? Was he a pretty slight uh, kid and just had scoring potential, or what did you see in him? No, actually, he was a little heavy, to be yeah. honest with you, but he could always shoot it now. He he, he could always score. And uh, the biggest thing recruiting Jimmer was that this rec- is that we didn't want him to become too good. Yeah. And quite <laughs> honestly, after the summer before his senior year, he started getting more and more attention. UConn a little bit, Syracuse a little bit. I mean, Jimmer was an All-State football player. He was an All-State basketball player, and uh, he was setting all sorts of records. And we were like, "Come on, Jimmer, don't!" Especially in the <laughs> summer, like, "Dude, don't, don't, don't shoot too many now. Don't make too many." But uh, and that's kind of funny when you're kind of a perceived smaller school, yeah. trying to recruit a guy that you believe is under recruited like dude don't play too well and uh <laughs> so jimmer was he was great man it was if he, he, he's a that's a good good what you see in the public persona that jimmer that's out there is exactly who jimmer is great guy friendly just wants to hoop yeah absolutely just wants to hoop and helpful to others and you know, he, he, that's him. He's not, it's not a, it's not a fake deal. That's Jimmer to a T. Yeah. That's, uh, really speaks to his maturity, his uh, impact that he made on the university. Right. Um, where do you think Jimmer ranks among the most talented players that you've seen? Cause I've, I'm sure you've been on a lot of very talented, uh, basketball players. Um, well, he's, uh, you know, he's definitely obviously in the top five. Yeah. If you're looking at, you know, physical skills, he's not in the top five. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, just overall basketball, I've, I've been able to, you know, I've been blessed to coach some, you know, really, really great players. But he, he's he's definitely in the top five. I mean, his senior year, he was named the College Basketball Player of the Year. And yeah, it's a lottery pick. Yeah, yeah, it's a crazy deal. So, um 
you know, but everything he got, he earned. There's no, there's no given to him. He earned everything. So, yeah, you can really tell, and it's exciting to see uh, that kind of feeling come around to the yeah. university as well. Yeah, no, no, it's that's why I'm telling you that. Uh, um, you know, I've, I've coached. I've been blessed personally to coach in, um, I think, uh, seven NCAA tournaments. Uh, I've coached in two national championships, one in JUCO, National Junior College yeah. Championship game, and one Division Two National Championship game. And the feeling I have around this group is, is matches any of those championship teams. It's just a matter of like I said, little things that we need to pay attention to. Yeah, and I think you form a connection with these players as well. I'm, I'm sure you've set, met so many, even after they they graduate and move yeah. on, you still feel that same connection. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's one of the rewards. There's everybody. There, there's not a lot of money in coaching, and yeah. uh, most honest, because everybody thinks they can do it. First of all, and so that. <laughs> yeah, Somehow there's a law of supply and demand there that keeps the price down a little bit. Everybody <laughs> thinks there's only a certain percentage of, of coaches make a lot of money, quite yeah. honestly. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I just haven't hit that level yet. But the rewards of seeing, you know, these, these guys uh, and girls that I've coached change their lives and become great citizens, great fathers, great family people. Those are those are those are great rewards. Really great rewards. Yeah, no matter the success that the team has, I think those are the things you end up holding yeah. on to the most. Yeah. Well coach, I really appreciate yeah. you coming on with me, the associate head coach of the basketball team, John Wardenberg. Um, really great. Really looking forward to SU basketball. I think it's gonna be a huge event in the winter and I think it's gonna get uh, campus really excited as we move forward awesome yeah yeah no we're uh, you know we're excited can't wait to get going uh long road it's a marathon it's a long time but uh you know we like we like the direction we're going there's no doubt about it and and now it's it'll be up to us as a staff and as players to you know live up to those expectations and actually increase uh, increase the bar where even people think we are go above that even so yeah absolutely so they begin their season November 5th against Bethesda College in Cedar City and then the basketball bash is coming up soon too as well yeah uh, 29th I think isn't it somewhere yeah. in there and um, you know I'm sorry but a lot of those things I I don't pay attention <laughs> to but I, I do know that we have a, a what they call a closed door scrimmage uh, this Saturday uh, against the Air Force Academy in, yep. in, in Las Vegas. And then the following Saturday, we have another closed-door scrimmage here in um, uh, in Cedar City, and those will prepare us then for the start of our season November 5th against Bethesda. And then we go on a, you know, a big road trip, a long road trip that uh, helps pay the bills, quite honestly. But uh, Nebraska <laughs> at Nebraska, then at BYU at U. Uh, uh, UCLA. At UCLA, and so we're just we're just building for the future, and uh, really excited to get started. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. I once again appreciate you coming on. Yep. And thank you to the listeners for listening to the Thundercast, and we will see you again next time. Thanks again for having me.